I and it lights out and away we're actually we watching go. together. We are back. We kind of all stood up, uh, and you know, the awesome hair on our back is going to start to stick out. It's yours especially, you have the hairy back. And then him beating Lewis, we just... We are back, episode 26. And then seeing Marco... And here we go. Let's get into this real rip-roar of a race. It was a barn burner. What would you think of the weekend? Yeah, it's almost kind of like, you know, we had summer break coming to an end, and then the school calls and says, hey, we're actually going to, like, push back summer break for one more week. That's kind of how it felt like to me. And (laughs) But instead of being excited for it, I was, like, devastated. Yep. Yeah, basically our school got a COVID scare and, and made everybody go back home. So. Like, you're still going to have to get up early, and you're thinking that you're going to have to do all this stuff. But then, like, unless we're going to just keep pushing it back off, and then it's basically not like a race weekend. Yep, because fuck you, basically, is what they said. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, let's get let's just get into it. Let's go weekend recap. I say weekend recap because we can't really say race recap. Um, you know, a total of I don't I think I don't even know if they have it decided. Two to three laps. We got people criticizing the FIA, criticizing the race director, criticizing the stewards for not knowing how to do their job. Like, where do you want to start with this? I'll I'll let you take the lead here. Well, uh, I, I mean, I think we could kind of. There was a a, a huge attempt to really kind of do a good, bad, and ugly on on this race weekend. I don't know if we want to even attempt that, uh, but, you know, I we can go a little bit with that. It's a little lighthearted, but, uh, you know, up, up for anything. Yeah, absolutely. My – let's try that. I'll go, I'll go first. My good is I saw Mick Schumacher and Sebastian Vettel playing soccer. Just like the good – kind of good feeling that you had in your heart because it was like, oh, these two guys really do get along, like even during – during rain delays, they're hanging out with each other. Uh, my bad would be, I thought George Russell celebrated a bit too much. And I understand he's excited for the team. He, you know, getting there is, is a massive development. Uh, but it just seemed like he was, you know, clapping and punching his fist in the air. It's like, okay, just go out there, smile, accept your trophy on the podium, and then go home. And for my ugly, I got to say just the overall effort. Like, obviously, the rain sucked. The effort of having, like, one little machine that they went out there to try to clear the track with, I saw a comparison between that machine and what they use for NASCAR. The NASCAR looked like it was basically painting uh, a wet track and fixing it completely, where this machine looked like it was basically, like, air blowing it away. So, yeah, just the overall effort, I think, on all sides would be my ugly. But, man, not a lot to choose from, and we were kind of kind of reaching for these... Yeah, uh, I think we do have some overlap. Uh, you're good. Uh, kind of going back on your good, it was funny seeing the, them kicking the soccer ball around, and then they showed the older clips of, of Vettel doing that with Michael back in the day as well, just a little side-by-side, you know, um, father-son and him getting to partake in both of that. So that was kind of cool to see both clips uh, side-by-side there. Mine's kind of similar. Mine is team bonding. So obviously while we had the super fun weight of seeing – the start time get pushed back every 10 minutes instead of just, you know, push, hey, we'll come back to it in two hours and making me, you know, stay up and just waiting for this. Uh, we got to see a lot of awesome B-roll around the track, a lot of soaking fans, uh, a lot of team personnel trying to do a lot of things to pass the time. We saw, I think, go fish, some poker, people kicking around the soccer ball, and just a little bit of horseplay between the drivers. So big, big weekend for team bonding, especially with a sport that seems very indi- individual. 
great that we got a great weekend to show that, you know, there's other things they can do besides just have one driver uh, race in the car. The Alpine the team was going with the Macarena. They were dancing together. I was I like, know, way, way to really keep the vibes up. Yeah, I like it. Just positive vibes only. Uh, the bad <laughs> is kind of similar to your ugly. I said F1 being jealous of NASCAR. Uh, I've always looked at F1 as a superior sport. The cars, the tracks, the personalities, pretty much everything. I, I just feel that the edge goes to F1. Uh, but with this rain fiasco the past weekend, F1 Twitter and the Reddit pages were posting about that NASCAR dread the NASCAR jet dryers compared to that, like you said, it looked like a snowplow just trying to like pick up this rain. And it was very d- poorly done. I think, I mean, with all this money kind of going around, yeah, I really got to pick that up. Uh, you know, when NASCAR is just making you look like, um, yeah, like a, a, an F3 type uh, series and how it was run, I got to change that up a little bit. And the ugly is going to be math. So now that half the grid has half points, I'm going to get really, really tired about considering decimals when seeing how many points a driver or team are ahead of the remaining season. I think the least they could have done is round it up uh, so I'm not having to take out my calculator or pen and paper to, uh, to actually like break this down every time I'm curious. So, uh, yeah, math is really hard. I think that, yeah, just like simple addition, subtraction, including those additional decimals is really going to kind of piss me off. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, that's annoying. That's like a team tying in football, and you got to be like, oh well, they're they're like they're really six and four and one, but mm-hmm. yeah, you know they're they should just be six and five. Yeah, yeah. So don't not looking forward to that. Yeah, bummer. All right, well there it is. A short and a short and quick good bad ugly for a short and quick race. And race is definitely in quotation marks there. I put as much effort into this podcast as I feel like F1 tried in uh, in making the best kind of result and scenario for this, given the challenges. So I'm just going to fire off some, some main points. Feel free to join me. Different things that have happened in the race. So first off, 11th race in sport history with zero retirements. That is actually shocking how low that is. I, I, I didn't know. know if this was like specific to Spa when you had that in there. But, yeah, 11th race ever with zero retirements, I, I think is mind-blowing. Yeah, like, I guess, I mean, obviously 20 drivers with these kind of equipment, there's going to be some kind of electrical issue or just, like, spin out or something like that. But, yeah, that was very shocking to me. Um, you know, I think, who's, who's your, who's your we, we'll get to it later, but MVP for me is Bernd Maylander, the, the winner of the Belgian GP in the safety car. I, I could not agree more, and I really appreciate that you did say that, too. <laughs> All right, tinfoil hat time. Everyone knows Toto's influence at the high levels of the F1 world can't really be understated. He's got his fingers seemingly in everywhere. Um, you know, the, I just think, with that being said, with Toto being kind of a puppet master in all this, not super out of bounds to suggest that just going out and doing two laps when it probably wasn't going to work out to finish the race or even continue the race after those two laps was a very convenient way for a potential incoming Mercedes driver to get on the podium for a first time in a very inferior car. Your thoughts? Do you agree, or am I crazy? I I, I do not agree. <laughs> I mean, you're giving more points to Max in this scenario, so like, I think the last thing he's going to want to do is to uh, shorten up this lead that they have on Mercedes. I think, yeah, he's more focused on... 2021 and i think that yeah worrying about a potential driver down the road or next year whenever it is looking good is probably in the, way in the back of his head 
yeah, if it was I mean, Lewis one, if it was Lewis one, and then it was uh, Russell two, Max three, and it was like, hey, I can look, make him look good, and I can increase this lead. Done. I'm putting that hat on right away. But yeah, I, I just can't see him being okay with uh, having them close the gap a little bit. I think what made this weekend that much more devastating is Saturday, because I think quals that might have been one of the most entertaining quals that I was able to witness. It was like from Q Q1 to Q3 and especially Q3 at the very end with that whole fiasco. And it seemed like like maybe it was with the rain, but everyone was really putting in their final laps and they're like going out with under two minutes. Like they really just gave themselves one good lap to, to kind of make it on the board. And just seeing the final, you see Russell on top, then having Lewis come around and you're just that pause of a couple seconds of waiting it till it got updated seeing him pass him and then just that final little stretch of like, can this motherfucker get P1 in qualifying? Uh, but I, I think like me and you were actually watching together. We kind of all stood up uh, and, you know, the, the hair on our back is going to start, uh, you know, to stick out. It's yours especially, you have a hairy back. And then him beating Lewis, we just, ju- yeah, whatever. Uh, and then seeing, seeing, <laughs> seeing Lewis actually not pass him. We just jumped up, and then we're all just kind of shaking a little bit as this final turn from Max. So I think it was absolutely electric, and then just to be let down in in the fashion that we did and just kind of getting our heartstrings pulled about, you know, hey, we're going to still try to make this work here now and then now and then now and then. Yeah, so it was. Uh, I think it was extremely hard based off of how exciting that qualifying was. Yeah, absolutely electric qualifying. And it would have been – I genuinely would have been interested to see how George defends because we don't get to see that a lot. No. Like especially with fast car, like very fast cars behind him. Like obviously Fernando Alonso gave us that excellent showing back in Hungary the last race and be interested to see what, if any, skills George has like that because obviously we know he's a good overtaker. We know he great good racecraft overall, like getting the most out of the car. But, yeah, that would be – that's something that we definitely missed among – Obviously, a long list of things that we didn't get to see at Spa. Yeah. I think a, a little thing that we can look at at the race itself, I know there wasn't much to go about, but uh, Mazepin could have taken a point away from someone. Uh, he was able to pull off the fastest lap in 17th place. So I think this is probably going to be his first and only for the foreseeable future where we see that. So, you know, you never know if I don't know who was in second place of Fastest Slap, but uh, hopefully it was a top 10 driver and we got to see him actually kind of not win a point, but steal a point from from someone else. So congrats to Nikita. I think, you know, I said not going to be a while, but hopefully I'm wrong. Hopefully it's the first of many. For a guy who faced as much hatred as he did coming into F1, he's beat Lewis in a race where Lewis finished. And he's gotten the fastest lap, which is more than most people on the grid can say. So, yeah, just interesting. Good resume all overall. Very impressive Yeah, I mean, it's, it's really starting to shape up. A decent rookie season so far, and we've still got a lot left for the young guy. Yeah, maybe he sli- slides into that Red Bull seat after Checo. <laughs> yeah, let's hope. <laughs> uh, and, okay, let's talk, about, let's talk about the FIA because they simply have no idea what they're doing like I'm not it's not easy and obviously you have you have to prepare for an infinite number of situations coming to you not saying that I could do a better job but we had Sergio's car Sergio getting in a wreck on you know the the formation lap that they didn't end up racing for they told him he wasn't going to be able to start then he ended up being able to after they were like oh yeah no wait you're right the race didn't technically start the 3 hour countdown clock just 
you know, first of all, didn't know that was a thing. And two, didn't know that they could just be like, oh, wait, actually this rule because of what is force majeure? Do you know what force majeure is? No, I don't know. <laughs> They're just making up terms. Yeah. And we're all just like, oh, well, yeah, you know. The old force majeure. Yep. Force, classic case of force majeure. But yeah, ca- pausing, pausing the uh, countdown clock at an hour. You know, controversy of potentially not giving out any points after they thought that they were going to. Like, they deleted a tweet after the podium ceremony saying that they were going to give out points. And so, like, tweeted out standings and deleted it. Such an all-over-the-place bang-up job by, you know, FIA stewards, race director Michael Massey. So, yeah, that, I mean, like, what do we do here? Because I feel like when this kind of stuff happens and it's that blatant, something has to change. But, like, what's what's next for, for them? Because I feel like they have some ground to make up. Yeah, I I mean, looking into the actual rules, I don't know how it took for, like, until now for them to start, like, I, I saw a bunch of stuff, FRI is reconsidering how these rules are done with the no more potential, you have to go through two laps to have it considered, and then under 75% of the race, that's half the points. Like, that is a huge gap between two two laps and 75%, uh, and, and the entire time it was uh, followed by a safety car. So, like, they clearly knew that, hey, this, this is a terrible rule. We need to go into this. We need to change this up. Shocking that it took this long for them to be like, this, this really doesn't make too much sense. So, uh, yeah, I, I think that, I think, you know, seeing Lando getting that tough crash and qualifying with Vettel, like a lot of the drivers knew that. He was like, dude, this is not okay. We, we cannot be out here. This should be a red flag. Then literally two minutes later, this happens. And, and then they're trying it again uh, with formation lap and Perez gets in a crash due to the rain. So yeah, I I don't know what they're doing. I and yeah, I just it was it was a very disappointing weekend to see how this was handled. And I feel like a lot of people rip on the FIA for, you know, depending on how they they take certain punishments uh, or accusations uh, with drivers. But yeah, this one I think this weekend was pretty well deserved. All right, and lastly for me, Russell is now five point Russell in a Williams is now five points behind both Lance Stroll and an Aston Martin. And Yuki Sonoda. Yeah, the the Yuki doesn't surprise me as much. Um, yeah. But, yeah, that stroll is tough, man. That guy has just fallen off a cliff from last year. Uh, and especially seeing the, the discrepancy you saw from Vettel and Leclerc and Ferrari last year is the complete opposite of what we're seeing from Vettel and his teammate this year, where, like, Leclerc was just far and above the had a better pace all last year, and you kind of felt bad for Vettel. Now, dude, I mean, he is he's really coming in on his own, especially you know, not even a full year into this car. Yeah, definitely, which is awesome to see. I mean, we've talked yeah. how many times have we talked about good guy Seb? He's just yeah. like just like your older cousin that is always super nice to you, and you want to see good things happen to him. So it's good that he's picked it up. Yeah, top two driver on the grid, and he's not number two. Yeah, definitely. Who is number two? Would you say? I'm you putting Lewis Danny in there? Rick, probably. I put Danny Rick. And uh, then, yeah. Me, yeah, yeah, maybe like Lewis. Top three, top five. He's I mean, from like a up. good guy perspective, like, you know, promotes social change in a positive way, oh, okay. like brings to light issues. Yeah, I think Lewis, Lewis would have to be up there with that. Yeah. Maybe agreed. one, actually, honestly. Yeah. Because he kind of puts the money where his mouth is as well. I don't. Maybe Vettel does, but it's, it seems like with Lewis, how much money he probably does have, it's it's surpassing most of them. Yeah, I agree. He definitely does put a lot of money toward trying to uh, avoid paying taxes by donating charity. So. <laughs> you got the tinfoil hat out today. I love it. 
All right, any last thoughts on the shitstorm of a weekend at Spa? Unfortunately, no. Yeah, I would say fortunately, so we can be done talking about that. That was probably even longer than it should have been, but regardless. All right, uh, now let's go into, given all the information that we have about the weekend, I want to do a little bit of an agree or disagree before that, get to a couple of recent headlines, but before that... We have an extremely exciting sponsor that we landed. So this part of the podcast is brought to you by Roman Swipes. Roman Swipes is the fast-acting way to slow things down and get things to last longer. We've all been there every now and then. There's that special time you're looking forward to. You know it's coming with that special someone or someones uh, that you just want to make last. It can come at any time, even maybe on a nice rainy Sunday morning while you're you know, enjoying maybe some banana pancakes. But just imagine if that special something that can take a long time all of a sudden takes under three minutes or something like that. Three minutes. Can you imagine thinking that something is complete after three minutes? Like, what world would that be? What a joke. Think of the disappointment, especially during a time where there's so much anticipation for that. So don't risk it. Get Roman Swipes today and make sure that anger, shame, and disappointment aren't a part of your weekend routine. Roman Swipes. Wipe us on your wiener. Wrap, wrap those wellies. Wrap them, right? wipe them up. Wipe them down and wipe them up. Yep, I like it. Yeah, huge shout out to Roman Swipes. Looking forward to our care packages that they promised that they'd be sending our way. So that Hey-o. is uh, very exciting, yeah. So yeah, moving straight along, let's kind of get into these uh, recent headlines real quick and then uh, move on to uh, agree or disagree. Uh, starting off with uh, the first thing we saw just uh, today that Valtteri Bottas had uh, another Instagram story post of him kind of on a balcony and on that balcony was a, a piece of paper with a pen on it a nice looking pen uh, so a lot of people kind of looking at this cryptic message as a potential contract signing if this is the case I I mean I, I was saying it last week and I we've been saying it the last couple of weeks like if Botas gets that second seat at Mercedes it will be a travesty for everyone because time and time again week in week out we are seeing that George much, much more deserves the second seat than Valtteri at the moment. And what a wild time for him to actually sign this contract. The the week after George like embarrasses you in qualifying with a much, much worse car. And then they're like, hey, you know what? Don't worry about it. We still want you. Yeah, it would make no sense. Like we'll get to it later and agree or disagree. But if this is a Mercedes contract that's put in front of him, it would be a wild move by everyone on everyone at Mercedes to be like, okay, this guy who we've been talking about, right? Like I think the whole media, the whole world in F1 has been talking about this move eventually happening. Once he gets a podium, like it or not the way he got it, once he gets a podium, now we're going to re-sign our guy who's been obviously underperforming, right? Grid penalty, didn't get points, hasn't gotten points two weekends in a row. Like the timing would be absolutely absurd if that's a Mercedes contract, but I don't think it is. And I think I, I don't want to give it away, but I did see three different rumors about the same team. Oh, okay. All right. And I actually saw a a little rumor myself, a little different, but it could fall into track with said team. But uh, I guess we will find out here shortly. Nice. And I would also like to add that the source of those rumors um, were Twitter accounts with less than 60 followers, all three of them. Okay. All right. Mine was a like a meme account, F1 meme account that actually shouted out uh, another follower for this uh, scoop. 
did Ooh. not check them up how big their following was, but meme account. <laughs> doesn't matter. Be, doesn't matter. Seems, it we're says not, Formula One in the name. Yeah, we're not here to get stuff right. We're here to make stuff interesting, you and me. Mm-hmm. So good for us. Uh, another headline we saw, Spa. Congratulations to them. They have the shortest race in F1 history now, lasting, I believe, two minutes and 57 seconds, if I'm not mistaken. So, yep. Very fun. Yep. Great for us. Waiting around for like four hours for uh, yeah, a 24-minute race. Nice. Uh, a little outside of Formula 1, but potentially could be causing some some um, stirrups. Callum Eilat dropped a hint uh, about some potential big news coming up. He, you know, I think had a, a tough race or you know, tough weekend um, this weekend. But he said, after a fairly disappointing GP, don't fear. I have some news coming soon with a little like a uh, little crazy face going on. Uh, if you don't know, he, uh, you know, during the Michael, Sch- or if you didn't know, during the Mick Schumacher driver spotlight, he was actually, you know, one of the main guys in Formula Two, one of the top dogs, along with Mick, and were competing to to take that driver's championship, and came down to the last race of the season. So he has been uh, pretty successful in Formula Two. So potential little news, maybe if he's going to maybe crack the F1 world uh, coming up. But uh, yeah, we'll keep that in our back pocket and keep uh, keep tabs on him, see what happens from that. Yeah, love it. I think I mean the the easiest option would be just straight into Alfa Romeo. So give Kimmy a nice kiss goodbye after seventy two years in Formula One and have him slide right in there. But yeah, I'm I'm excited to see. It's always nice to see new talent that yeah. doesn't uh, sexually assault people. Um, moving over from that, we have a Lewis quote, a little bit spicy. He said, "Today was a farce, and the only people to lose out are the fans who have paid good money to watch us race." Of course, you can't do anything about the weather, but we have sophisticated equipment to tell us what's going on, and it was clear the weather wasn't going to let up. We were sent out for one reason and one reason only, two laps behind a safety car where there is no possibility to gain or lose a place or provide entertainment to fans isn't racing. We should have just called it quits, not risked the drivers, and most importantly, refunded the fans who are the heart of our sport. So... Okay, my thought on this is it's easy to say, hey, refund the fans when it's not coming out of the money that you make. Like, if he were to say, look, I'll take, you know, take my salary, divide it by you know, however many races we end up doing, uh, I'll give that money back because I didn't race. But it's, you know, it's always easier to have That's people give point, back, yeah. not your money. <laughs> Very good point, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, I don't know. Thoughts there? Am I wrong? I, I, know, I mean, I feel like I... Pro- I feel like I express myself as a massive Lewis hater, which I, I'm not. I just do it for the fun. But, it, you know, it's just like when I saw that, I'm like, all right, dude, we get it. You're a good guy, but let's be realistic about what's possible here. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like he kind of has always been a, a man of the people and looking out for and appreciative of the fans. It is crazy that, I, I like, I don't – I want to ask every – I feel like every single time he goes to a track, he is constantly booed from the stands – and yeah. I, I don't and then even after that he's going on and saying these like quotes and he's just kind of like like being okay with them just ripping on him and I do want to like is there a specific reason why he's getting booed the way he is is it like due to Silverstone like what is the reason most of these people have a, such a problem with Lewis is it always been the race like him winning because I didn't really feel like I noticed it at all last year or the, the years before. So, like, I, I don't know what has changed. Maybe I wasn't paying attention enough and they still did boo anytime he was around. But, yeah, I don't – it's just, like, for how nice of a guy that I feel like he is, he's taking a lot of heat. I completely agree. It seems like he – it seems like he 
is often ripped on. And I think my hunch is just that, you know, people are tired of seeing damn near a decade of him dragging his big balls across everybody's face. So that would be that would be what I think. I don't see, you know, you, you wouldn't see another driver really get chewed out for making a mistake like, you know, like he arguably made at Silverstone. But again, who fans are crazy. That's what makes yeah. them fans, fanatics. Right. And before we move on to our race predictions, just a couple of things that I wanted to take the temperature on, dive into that beautiful mind that you have over there on your side, Marco. So we're going to play a game of agree or disagree. You're going to tell me uh, whether or not I, you're going to tell me whether or not something that I say you agree with or disagree with and give me your reasoning of why. So starting off, you ready to go? Simple enough. Let's do it. All right. George Russell celebrated too much on the podium for having only raced three laps. Disagree. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to say disagree. I think that the fact that he got P2 in that Williams car was enough. And just the travesty of him always being so close to getting into points in a Williams car for over these past couple of years. That, yeah, getting a podium with the car he did... It, in this environment and how well he did in all three Q1, Q2, Q3 and quals, how well he did. I think this was a well-deserved race. I'm curious. I wish it was still like rainy enough to, to have that opportunity to him racing that. Cause I feel like it seemed like he was excelling in the rain. I think if it was a nice day, you're kind of going back to that, the type of Williams pace that you're not going to keep up with the top 10, uh, maybe flirting around that area. But yeah, I mean, shoot, who would have guessed that he, he finished a, a P2 in a Williams car? I think, yeah, yeah, good for the guy, good for celebration. Yeah, I think I my initial reaction when I saw him celebrating, I, I would have said agree, but if you think about it, man, this guy has spent years at the back of the grid, obviously being better than his car allows him to be. Um, and, yeah, you know, like that saying, like, act like you've been there before, but he truly literally has never been here before in an F1 car. So, like, you know, act act appropriately, not just, like, you know, in a cool way, I think. So, yeah, I, I think we are aligned there. Um, agree or disagree, Lewis was out of line to suggest that fans should get their money back. Agree or disagree? Uh, disagree as well. I think we, yeah, kind of talked about it a little bit there. But, I mean, shoot, if you see something a little unfair for the fans – yeah, say something. I think that kind of probably helps his likeness a lot. Maybe he was hearing all these boobs and he was like, "Hey, let me let me throw some some you know sugar on these fans and just pump them up a little bit. Say like, I got your back, regardless of what's happening." Um, I mean, shoot, if I was at a at a uh, an event like that, if you know we were we're going to Austin this year and it was raining the entire time and the race turned out that way, I would love for at least some of the drivers to stick up and be like, "Appreciate you guys for sticking around, but yeah, you guys deserve better than this." 50% discount for next year's tickets at Spa. There yeah, is. give me something. I'll take anything. Yeah. All right. Uh, next up, agree or disagree, Michael Massey should be replaced as race director. It's getting it's getting close. And I know his time in Formula One hasn't been too long. I know he kind of came in here uh, to eventually re- replace uh, the replacement and forgot his name, but I know he passed away early and unexpected. And so his time coming up, uh, was a little unexpected for him as well as everyone else. He has not been, yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like everyone looks at the negatives when it comes to FIA and the, just like that side of things in general, the, the corporate side. 
I don't know what he has been doing that has been great. I think maybe the only thing is the sprint series. Uh, I don't know if that was kind of his idea to start implementing it this year. But, yeah, I've just seen too many negative things. Before I would make that decision, I would probably have to look into a little bit more. But, yeah, I just it's not been – I feel like it's a lot of finger-pointing more this year than we have in, seen in years past. Yeah, and, and my thing, too, with him is that – like, the conviction that he has when he talks to other team principals, I wish were just a little more convincing. Like, I want a, a man or woman in that position to be like, hey, you know, Toto, or hey, Christian, when they're badgering them about the, the Silverstone incident, like, hey, I'm not the one that makes these decisions. If you want to come up and talk to stewards, like, at that point when it was allowed, feel free. But, you know, I'm the wrong person to be barking. I'm the, I'm the wrong tree to be barking up, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, that's, that's just a picky thing on my part. Just feel like he's too passive for all the power he has. Yeah, I agree. And maybe it is because, you know, his, his lack of history within formula one, and maybe is like a little, little more timid about like, Hey, I don't have the respect here yet just because I, I'm, I'm relatively new, but yeah, doing it this way, I feel like it kind of leaves him to be a, a bit of a pushover. And once you, I feel like are given that connotation that might like that view, it's hard to take that away yep and lastly yuki sonoda had the best race waiting routine during the rain delay he was (laughs) yeah yeah, (laughs) you can explain what he did yeah Uh, like so he was among the people who were highlighted and just like the kind of between times lando norris was sleeping seb and mick were getting a 2v2 soccer game on um, you know, Carlos and Charles were just on their phones together, and Yuki went and sounded like he had about two and a half meals from the catering table. Yeah, I loved it. I yeah, he was just saying, you know, he's starving, ate a ton, and then got real sleepy and tired. Which, uh, <laughs> yeah, I feel like that's just that's kind of like a you know the the standard person fan given that situation would be like, hell yeah, dude! Like, there's free food over here. Like, let's let's pick out. Let's, Let's get full. And then he was like, oh, like, then it shows back to that little kid within Yuki where it's like, oh, then I got really sleepy. So I yeah. think it was very entertaining. <laughs> yeah, big fan of it. It's like uh, I had, I specifically remember a fifth ward in Newport where I grew up. We had a, we would have a rain delay in uh, like for baseball games and we would all go into the same building and that building was the same as a concession stand. So we would all just eat a stupid amount of hot dogs and it's like, I hope the rain delay kind of keeps going because I am not in a shape to be able to play anything right now. Oh, <laughs> well, I, bet he, like, I bet he was very okay with uh, yeah. with how the rest of the race went. Awesome. Well, that will do it for the agree to disagree portion of last week. I think the only thing that's left to do now is to recap our wonderful predictions that were not given an opportunity to come true. Otherwise, they absolutely would have. So you want to go ahead and move on to that? Yeah, let's do it. And before we do move on to that, we do have an ad in store. So this part of the podcast is brought to you by Doug Demidome, owner of the Dimsdale Demidome. Doug Demidome is a well-respected real estate agent located in Dimsdale. He is getting into portable domes, actually. And after this weekend, he realized that there's a huge opportunity in the F1 world. The hearts and soaking wet clothes of the spa visitors were ruined this weekend due to that weekend of heavy showers. Doug saw this and never wanted to witness such travesty, so Doug Dimidome, owner of the Dimsdale Dimidome, wants to partner with Formula One to have portable domes built around the tracks uh, during times of heavy rain. Doug Dimidome, owner of the Dimsdale Dimidome, wants to assure to the fans that 
the fun and excitement when it when there is some an appropriate amount of rain will not be ruined, but only times when potential race could be shortened or canceled. So help Doug Demidome under the Dimsdale Demidome get the opportunity he deserves and sign the petition located in, on our Instagram page. Doug Demidome, owner of the Dimsdale Demidome. What's better than Formula One and some dome? That's going to be a big fucking dome. Yeah, yeah, big project. And, and it's perfect timing. It would have been perfect timing if this really got into effect last week. But hopefully, hopefully Massey solved this problem that it needs to be fixed. He signs the petition himself, gets Doug connected with them. And with this upcoming race looking like it's going to be a little rainy itself, people are pretty scared about this now. I feel like we loved rain. That was our excitement. And once we found out the complete story of what rain can do to a race weekend, uh, hopefully this, uh, this is fixed. A hundred percent. Twitter is ablaze right now because they're predicting that there's there's they're forecasting that in Zandervoort there's going to be rain there, and where normally that would have been everybody trying not to get too excited. Now everybody's like shit, like shit. What what if we get not only a three week summer break but two back to back races that absolutely suck or don't mm-hmm. even happen? So yeah, it's like alcohol when you're in high school and you're like, oh man, this is awesome. Like you know, you take some alcohol. Like it's nice. It's exciting. And then there's too much of it, and someone dies. R.I.P. Brett. <laughs> Say, uh, I waited till I was 21, but uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, did you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yes, I did. Those yeah. are weird. I, yeah. Okay. Yeah, All right. Maybe I was, I'm maybe thinking of something else. What I'm thinking of you. <laughs> Most likely, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's fine. Well, Rip Brett, whoever he is, wherever he is, up there. Big man himself, but anyway, uh, moving on to that final sector race predictions and our race predictions recap. Uh, I, I think we have to, you know, kind of come to a conclusion on something. Uh, I feel as though, due to the race this weekend or lack thereof, we should not count any of our Lewis counts or Mazepin counts or really anything that comes from these race predictions. Uh, I just it didn't seem like as we no one was really considering this race. And most of these predictions can't even be fulfilled that it, it shouldn't be counted. I understand where you're coming from. Mm-hmm. My disagreement is that we did have, we had crasher DNF was a possibility and it happened. Sergio winner was a possibility. No, but he didn't. Last d- place was a possibility. What a possibility, but no, no one, no one DNF. Well, he, he crashed. Who do but we think that, will crash or DNF? But not during the race. Well, that's true, but he crashed. Yeah, I mean, so did Lando. Does that count? We never count qual crashing. Yeah, we never count qual crash, but at Sunday we count all the crashes. Okay, well, I feel like it was a race crash, but okay, fair enough. I'll continue. Crash, winner, last place, wild card, potential douche of the day. Potential. And I'm not saying there was one. I but mean, I think there's, there's enough there. Now, listen, I'm on, listen we're on the same side, actually. Uh, even though it might not sound like it, you and I are both wanting this race to not count. But unfortunately, the powers that be do have the final say. And it was a race wherein these race predictions, we have to see if our predictions came true or not. Uh, so I'm going to just backtrack on that because a lot of the drivers themselves had problems with uh, and disagreed with having points. I would say everyone but one that I noticed uh, did, did have a, um, a disagreement with that. The race predictions themselves, we don't have any predictions revolving around quals, so we shouldn't award points since this race was based solely around quals. 
if a race doesn't give us the opportunity to answer a majority of the predictions, it shouldn't count. If a 17th place Mazepin gets fastest lap, nothing should count. Um, and if it was so unfair that F1 is already trying to update the rules. So, like, they knew, they're like, oh, this is fucked up. We messed up. And it was too late to, to change that. But we, in this podcast, can't change that. Right. And it, technically, it wasn't based off of quals. If it were based off of quals, then... Uh, Sergio would have gotten not zero points. I believe he would have gotten in the points. Um, I see where you're coming from, but I think, uh, and just in case it's not blatantly clear to everybody, I have one point coming out of this and Marco has zero. Um, But you know what, buddy? Just to get some good race karma on our side, I think I will uh, concede in protest to the FIA, to the race directors, um, counting this as a race and giving out points. I'll do what's right. I'll stand up for what's right. Call me Sebastian Vettel, and we can just throw out the race predictions. We can throw out the Mazepin and Lewis counts, and we'll keep our score moving in to Zandervaart. Fantastic. And I was willing, and since this was final, um, I was actually willing to negotiate, and I'm glad I didn't have to because I was going to negotiate that as they share, as they did half the points, that I would have given you 0.5 points for that. But alas... Thank you. And we are moving on to a still continued 12 to 9 Ian lead here. So sweet. Perfect. Yep. And just for clarification there, I would uh, love to negotiate. I would have loved to negotiate, but I have a call in approximately 90 seconds that I got to get on. So Let's with that. Oh, <laughs> shout out. I timed this out perfectly. You did. Yeah. Well done. Yeah. The, we, we'll, we'll throw it out. This was not a race weekend, so let's let's not. Let's not pretend it is. I'm with you. And let's wrap up the podcast. Episode 26. This is our second quarter of a hunt. What, what do you call that? What's what's a, like a quarter cent, court centennial? You know what I'm talking about? I have no idea what you're trying to say. All right. Sounds good. We will delete that. And nope, we with will that, that I, th- <laughs> I think with that, I think that'll do it for us. Episode 26 of the Eden Asphalt Podcast. As always, we appreciate everybody listening. We apologize on behalf of the F1 world for such a shit race. But we always got next week to look forward to. Um, Max's home race. I think it'll be a real cracker of a race. I think that the top two guys driving right now for that driver's championship are going to have a good battle. So bad stuff behind us, but good stuff in front of us as always. So any last closing thoughts from you, buddy? No, just be uh, yeah, be on the lookout. We'll have another episode in the next couple of days talking more about the track and the upcoming. And we, I think this was a bad sign because last week we, we did not cover what the weather was going to look like this upcoming season. So I think that was kind of uh, the gods being like, hey, you're not going to tell anyone about it. Well, we're going to just ruin this race due to weather. So, yeah, yeah we will sure talk we about the weather that. this time. Yep. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. We'll see you next time. Yep. Thanks for listening. See you, assholes. And sign the petition uh, about the Dimmodome. Yep. On our on our Instagram page. Doug Dimmodome, king of the dome. Dome yep. guy. Big let's dome Let's get guy. dome. Hashtag let's, let's get, get dome. dome. Start saying Hashtag that. dome getters. Yep. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Done.